Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast, Stoke City's premier championship-based podcast for this season at least. Right? And next season? Question mark? Yeah, let's go with that. Stoke City are all but secure. All but. After a defeat, a draw and and a win since we last spoke to you. Tony Lloyd is here. Hello, Dave. I am about six inches away from being mathematically safe. I wondered where that was going, but I'm also very <laughs> pleased about Stoke staying up as well. Uh, Tom Thrower is also here. What is your measurement uh, to safety, Tom? Uh, I am a 2020-21 championship football fan. And that's not just because Luton Town are staying up. Uh, <laughs> the Jones agenda is back big style. We'll be talking about Luton's... Uh, amazing, uh, miraculous, even uh, inevitable chances. Inevitable recovery. You, you say we. <laughs> yes, yes. Tom will be talk, talking about that later before I mute him. Um, however, uh, we are here on a Stoke City podcast, and I think we maybe planned to do one after the Leeds game, but then the Leeds game happened, and I definitely didn't want to do one. Uh, and then the Birmingham game happened, and I think I was just drunk, so, you know, didn't want to do one then either. But last night we drew with Bristol City, and I think we should focus on that game. It was a bloody, bloody important point, and we were good value for it, weren't we, Tony? Yeah, I think so. We, I mean, we were direct in a not-that-effective way for a lot of it, but... We, we've we got used to this season, if we don't score first, we're going to lose possibly by at least four goals. And we did a thing we haven't seen very much of where we conceded a goal. Well, we conceded a goal just before half-time, which we've seen quite a lot of this year. Um, but then we sort of carried on trying to win or trying not to lose and didn't collapse completely. And that's good. I put it obviously down to the presence of Josh Tyman in the match day squad, um, but Adam Davies was good as well. Yeah, and it's been a, a big couple of games for Adam Davies. He came in for Jack Butland, who had a neck injury of some sort uh, before the Birmingham game, and I don't know what Butland's injury status is, but he kept his place for the Bristol City game and has looked like a assured, confident goalkeeper, which is just they're allowed I didn't know that was a thing um, just he, he like saved shots and caught balls and kicked balls accurately towards Stoke City players it was just nice uh, Tom had you heard of Adam Adam Davis Davies before uh, before the Birmingham game because I, I think we might have bought him by accident or he might just be a fan who wanders onto the pitch or something because yeah, where where the hell is this guy been? Who who would have known that um, Barnsley's captain um, during a really successful promotion run, built on one of the sturdiest defenses League One had seen for a while, it was going to be a good leader and goalkeeper. Because I don't know, 
I mean, obviously, uh, the the lockdown football gives us uh, a good insight, and the first few minutes of the Bristol game gave us more insight because there was no commentary uh, into hearing <laughs> goalkeepers talk to defenders, do that big loud goalkeeper shout, and I I haven't measured this. I can't I can't quantify it, but I think Davis does it more than Butland did it, like. I've seen him shouting at his centre-backs more and not in the Butland, oh no, the fourth goal's gone in, this is bad way, in a, you need to go there and have you paid attention to him, Uh, oh look, and there's someone else over there, sort it out. So that's been really good, I quite like this guy. Have we stopped playing Butland because he's agreed a transfer to somewhere and they don't want him injured? That would be nice for ev- ev- everyone, I think. Yeah, I think... He, yeah, he's... Sorry, Tony. Uh, I, I think so too. And it is great to see Davies stepping up, but it just makes you just sort of tear your hair out at, at all the times this season and last season we could have dropped Butland and given another player uh, a proper a run at it. Um, uh, so... Well done, Adam Davis. He is one of two sort of heroes from the last two games. Uh, Danny Bart being another with two goals, uh, both from close range. A lovely, lovely uh, steam engine run into the Bristol City penalty area, uh, finishing a absolutely superb cross from James McLean for our equaliser yesterday. Uh, and Bart appears to have maybe redeemed redeemed himself in some people's eyes, Tony. So how did you rate him? And have there been any other players over these past three games that have impressed you? Yes. And I can't remember is the short answer. <laughs> it, feel, it feels like it was about a year ago we played whoever we played in the last game before yesterday's one. Um, but Danny Bart... He's, the briefly maligned and then spells of goodness uh, of Danny Barr, it's it's not unusual for a Stoke player to be quite good for a brief spell and then rubbish for ages. But he he he, he had the fifty p head thing, didn't he? When when he was first playing regularly, mm. and we all sort of mocked him for that. But he was he was all right as a defender, I and mean, then it felt to me like. Almost the whole of the rest of the defence just dropped down to his level and then carried on to the point that he suddenly looked like the best defender we had for a bit. Um, but definitely the last couple of games, he's just he's doing that thing where he's throwing himself acrobatically in front of stuff. Was it was it him who did the sliding tackle with his head in one of these three games, which have bled... Oh, Christ. No, I've forgotten that, man. Pretend I didn't say that. Um also, Lee Gregory, who showed maybe two minutes of the past Lee Gregory being like a good hold-up hold player and uh, our, our friend Topher drew him as made of Velcro. Not Like, that was this season. <laughs> and he's he's gone very much the other way. I'm trying to think what players we've got. Davies is my favourite of the ones who are featuring regularly now because, like Tom said, he's, he's at that... The the shouting we discussed it last week, didn't we, Tom? Actually, but it's very much the Peter Schmeichel school of shouting, rather than where he tells him what to do, rather than the David James one, where he just says, mm, "Fuck's sake, lads!" Mm. after a goal goes in. Um, 
I think I. I can't throw, remember any of our players. I'd throw um, Sam Vokes and Jordan Cousins into mm. the mix of, like, I'm not saying they've been yes. outstanding quality, but um, them two, uh, Bar uh, Davis, McLean was probably already there. Same with like Klukas yeah. and Powell and Campbell, of like being like, "Hi, yeah, look at me. I think I might be useful to the squad next season because." They've all got their flaws. Like Gregory will never score a one-on-one in his life, and it might in twenty twenty because yeah, Cousins <laughs> isn't gonna string a ball between a line of midfielders and defenders for a striker to run onto. Um, but they're doing these little fighty jobs that you need, sort of in a relegation scrap or uh, hopefully when you're chasing the playoffs or God forbid something more than that, just to be like, I don't know, just they're putting their foot feet in. And I think that's what was really good about the Leeds performance for 40 minutes mm. where they did mm. do that. And they were all like, damn shit. Let's just do whatever we can to make sure that this doesn't go badly. Um, mm. And I think the, the Bristol game was so, so weird. Like, until Stoke scored, we were so much better than they were. Like, we had several Lee Gregory ugh, chances um, that were really, really frustrating. Um, and then we scored and suddenly turned into a team we couldn't pass to each other. But they all still had that tenacity to hold themselves together and be like, yeah, don't sell me or loan me to can't think of a League One team without being mean to them. Um, but Lincoln. A team. Sunderland. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Sunderland do actually reek of we should loan some players to them. Mm. Maybe yeah. if we mm. make some nice songs about them, then they'll <laughs> do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, lovely picture of Danny Bart being uh, helped off the Ashton Gate pitch yesterday after uh, properly... Uh, working his knackers off. I think of maybe Bart's recent fall because he he can produce like really effective sort of old school championship defenders defender displays. I'm thinking of like the West Brom away game where he was just outstanding at the back for us. And that, but then as you say, he has these 50p head moments or just will get completely done by a through ball or something. You think, oh god, he's a bit shit, really, isn't he? But maybe I think he's sort of like in the same way strikers need. Uh, a few chances to get confident. Maybe Bart just needs a, a sort of series of uh, blunt mid-table championship side attacks against him to sort of really build up his confidence <laughs> and look like the effective uh, man-mountain defender that he certainly was for a time at, at Wolves. And uh, But as as I mentioned, it's his uh, goals, in, goals in the other nets that have uh, sort of brought him to prominence as well. And that's been delightful to see. Uh, as mentioned, Lee Gregory was in for the Bristol City game, replacing Tyrese Campbell, who probably did deserve a rest, bless him. But I did think when he brought him on with 10 minutes to go with Stoke already under the cosh, that it was kind of a waste of his talents. Maybe just could have stuck with two target men. Um, but anyway, uh, Gregory then, the Gregory issue. Liam Lawrence on Radio Stoke praised Gregory for his all-round good game. Um, but that's not what people will think if they watch the highlights, uh, Tony. So what is Lee Gregory? Is he championship Mama Sidibe? Is he 
Uh, is he worse than that? In, is he uh, a, a footballer? Do you like him? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I do. I still, I remember fondly wet that bit when he was good, and I can't remember when it was. But he, he, for two or three games, he looked like the ultimate John Walters, but like almost better. The way the way he took the ball and then kept possession, and it didn't seem to matter what how the ball came to him or what the defenders were doing, he either won a free kick or kept the ball and gave it back to one of our players. And the last... I mean, he hasn't played very many minutes, but the last couple of times we've seen him recently, he just looks... He sums up how Stoke have looked this season, just so drained of confidence. If that that ball over the top where he's... He headed it and then it bounced in front of him and it just spun backwards, almost backwards over his head. And if that had fallen in the right direction, or probably for Campbell, Mm. but if that had fallen for him in the right direction, admittedly he would have been one-on-one. But there's there's a timeline where he scores there and has probably a different performance. But he's... he's, he's, There were tiny bits, tiny chinks of light, of reminders of that spell when he looked like the best possible signing. So, there's, yeah, there's, there's hope. Not in him. He hasn't got any hope at all, you can tell by looking at him. But for for me, there's, there's a, a player to be nurtured. Um, I'm not sure where he'd fit in with the rest. Because, as you say, Vokes has come back looking like a a different prospect. Eh. His, his movement... He... His movement makes him the most frustrating Stoke player I think I might have ever seen because he he, he is so close to being the all-round striker that every single club on earth would scrap over um because he can like his hold-up play is unbelievable like he just doesn't get bounced off the ball um he's not like Sam Vokes running through swamp water slow <laughs> he's not lightning quick either, but his movement just means that he. There was a reason he was through on goal against Bristol about three times yesterday, mm. and he just. I mean, obviously strikers need confidence to finish, but fucking hell, if he could just, I please like, score, please. It's it. it it, it, yeah, that left he's, one. he's the perfect example of our entire season that it sh- it looks great everything's perfect oh god we've got a striker whose who's worst part of his game is scoring goals and is getting out finished by centre backs regularly <laughs> yeah yeah uh, frustrating for Lee Gregory but that, that point at Ashton Gate uh, does take us to the uh, in inverted commas, magical 50-point mark. We are in 17th place in the league. We are five points five points clear of 22nd. And there's the potential Wigan uh, deduction issue to come into it as well. But they look pretty good at the moment. So you wouldn't discount them winning both their remaining games either. Um, I did run a worst-case scenario sort of thing uh, <laughs> on one of those calculator websites. And yes, it is still possible for Stoke to go down. We still have to acknowledge that. And we probably will require someone to do us a favour, whether that be against Middlesbrough, Birmingham, Huddersfield, Charlton, Hall or Luton. Um, But 
the chances are so remote. I'm going to outright say nothing can go wrong now. <laughs> I've said it. I've well, said it. Right. I'm going to make it the episode title. Nothing can go wrong <laughs> now. And uh, we go, we might even go and smash Brentford this weekend. You never know. Football's a funny old game. We won't smash Brentford. We're going to lose badly. But um, nonetheless, uh, it has been a remarkable job that Michael O'Neill has done. And I think perhaps the way we approached... Uh, returning after lockdown has maybe distracted from it a bit uh, the the sort of recovery under Michael O'Neill because of where he took over um, and the fact it's been such a slow process. I think he took over on about the 14th game, game of the season. So we've had about 30 games since then and it's been a gradual, gradual thing. There wasn't like a particular maybe four or five game run where we burst out the relegation zone or burst away from from uh, sort of being dragged into it. We've sort of been in the conversation the whole time pretty much. But I think because of particularly the Wigan game where we were all sort of apoplectically angry about uh, how ropey the performance was and the Middlesbrough game as well, that I think it's maybe just sort of uh, tinted it a bit. But at the same time, Tom, I think that might be a good thing because it's just a sort of reminder about uh, the work that is needed. And so, in a way, is it not a good thing that we haven't won every game since lockdown and are not currently 10th or something? Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel it would have been really nice to play well against that first team who we played, Reading. Reading. Mm-hmm. And, and get a win there and then win against Borough and then go, oh yeah, we're safe now. Here's uh, Tasha Oakley Booth and Last Josh Tyman. And... <laughs> it's not happening. Josh Tyman isn't getting in the squad. Bruno Martins India is our left back for now, forever, and for the bit after forever. <laughs> left backs aren't welcome here. Um <laughs> No, so, uh, uh, but then also, is it good that the players have sort of been dragged into a, a relegation fight that's made them have to have like one of about 50 team meetings they must have had <laughs> over the past two years to address the rot, uh, three years to address the rot? <laughs> Maybe. But it's good. It showed some character. And, and, and like you say, O'Neill has just done a ridiculous job. Um, and if you look at uh, not just how close, how we've pushed away from the relegation zone. I mean, we were dead bottom when he came in and now we're 17th. But we're actually getting so much closer to where we want to be. Um, I think we've gone from 10 points off 12th after those like 14 games to, uh, from 14 points off 12th to, to 10 points off now, which doesn't seem like that much. But when you think about how much football's been played and the actual differences. We were nearly a point per match off um, 12th spot when O'Neill came in, and we're now less than um, 0.22 um, points per match coming off. So that that's like we're five times closer to 12th than we were under Jones. Um, so as someone who liked Nathan Jones, uh, I think the only thing you can say is that O'Neill's done an absolutely spectacular job. Um, and whilst the players probably don't owe themselves any celebrations. Michael O'Neill can have 
um, a whiskey dropped into a Guinness and have a nice time. Have a nice time hating the veil as well. I think one thing that's perhaps defined our season is we've won when we've absolutely needed to. Um, so we first game in charge, we're away at Barnsley and we're off the back of uh, three consecutive defeats because uh, Jones had that sort of mini, well, that two-game bounce. Uh, then he got sacked and then uh, we probably had to beat Barnsley or at least put in a good shift against Barnsley too. Uh, sort of make us optimistic about the O'Neill tenure and we did just that we absolutely steamrolled him and then I'm thinking of um, Mam Joof's last minute winner against Wigan which seems like years and years and years ago that Mam Joof was even on a pitch for us but that that was absolutely uh, vital for us uh, and then we've got um, the 3-0 win against Luton, probably the most bleak 3-0 win in our history. But nonetheless, a game we absolutely had to win and did. But then, like, every time we'd have these sort of, um, like, real clutch wins, we'd then th- uh, throw away the next two games and have to win the next game after that to sort of uh, stay, stay, uh, stay, like, going strong, really. It wasn't a case of, like, Oh, if we if we lost, then we'd definitely be down, particularly in, around sort of winter time. But um, it sort of brought the momentum back a bit, and so we've had the three-two win against Sheffield Wednesday, which, for that was good. That was a good bit, <laughs> and then the win against Huddersfield on New Year's Day, and then it was around this time then that we start to look a bit good in January. We have a tepid nil-nil against Millwall, but we beat West Brom away, then beat Swansea, and then we think, oh yes, we're going. Short blip against Barnsley, beat Charlton, and then, oh no, Stoke is shit again. We lose to Preston, we lose to QPR. And then, batter Hall 5-1 in a game where you thought, if we didn't beat that Hall team, then fucking hell, something's seriously wrong. They think, ah, okay, lockdown. We're we're probably alright, aren't we? Then after lockdown, oh shit, we're not alright at all. We have to beat Barnsley, (laughs) we do. We have to beat Birmingham, we do. And I think... What makes me think that we're not going to get anything against either um, Barnsley, uh, Brentford or Forest is the fact that we don't absolutely have to win them. If there was a complete cock-up of scorelines this weekend and then we absolutely had to get a point against Forest, they're probably backers. But if we didn't have to get a point against Forest, I would probably like be concerned that we would definitely lose that and everyone else would win all their other games and we'd go down. So... I like pressure on us, is the point of that. <laughs> it feels like we've approached this season like a patronising dad who's pretending to be running away from their tiny child and keeps slowing down and letting them catch up and and then absolutely batter us. And then we just roll out and beat Huddersfield 5-2. Like, oh, best, best get away a bit. But we've been really convincing because... When we have lost, we've looked really, 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 really bad. Yeah. There, we, we just... <laughs> yeah. That's kind of broken my head a bit, but yeah. When I'm just saying we're actually really good and we've just been pretending. Yeah. Okay. When Just to hurt Nathan Jones. When we're bad, we're very, very bad. When we're good, we're all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> But um, speaking of Nathan Jones, then, who is going down from the championship? Because it's not going to be us because nothing can go wrong now. But who is uh, who's 
it almost looks certain that Barnsley are, are stuffed. So you've got Hull, Luton, Charlton, Huddersfield, Birmingham. No, they've got, they're on the same points as us. They can't go down. Um, and Wigan, question mark. So, and Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday, question mark. Because of the points oh, yeah. deduction for, the, oh, for yes. the financial fair play mungling. So, yeah. yeah, could be fun. I mean, they need a lot. Oh, they're just behind Wigan, though, aren't they? So, yeah. How 2020 the championship relegation is going to get decided in some boardroom by a, by, by a panel of judges and lawyers? Great. After everyone has done their Nothing screams for the season. championship, everyone can beat everyone, trademark, other than a bunch <laughs> of lawyers reviewing the sale of a football stadium to the club's own owner. Championship, crack, get it in my arm. <laughs> so so who is going down yes. Tom Barnsley are gone um, I don't think Hull are going to get another point and if they do yeah fair play to reacting to that old 8-0 loss Eek. I mean Poor Southampton did fan. it yeah but Southampton are good mm. and yeah. have good players <laughs> oh, and yeah. have like the best striker outside the top 6 in the Premier League all don't have that at all. Oh, they got rid of their good players. They did, yeah. Sold them oh, to West Ham and West Ham. <laughs> what did you do that um... for, Hull? <laughs> you bleeding idiots. Careless. Oh, look at you. <laughs> and then it's, uh, and then it's a shootout between Charlton, Huddersfield and Wigan because Nathan Jones is not getting relegated. I think he might actually get relegated. And that might not be the worst thing for him. Because they'll come back up. Yeah, they will. That'd be good. Yeah. Um, if if Luton and Charlton go down, does that mean all three promoted teams have gone straight back down? It does. That would be uh, a bit sad, in a way. Um, but there you go. What is really pleasing is it looks very, 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 very likely that we won't have to play Leeds United next season, which is just a relief for all of us uh, here and uh, a relief for anyone who doesn't like spending 40 quid on an away ticket to watch us get <laughs> battered. Um, They're going to lose so much money. Well, I mean, there's no fans at the minute and there yeah. won't be any fans at the start of next season, but they won't be allowed to charge oh. more, than th- more than 30 quid. For That's an away 10 ticket. or ahead. That's 10 or ahead they're losing. Yeah. <laughs> Bielsa's going to go. That's, that, that's the top of his contract. They're going to have to resell their own ground to themselves just to survive because <laughs> the Premier League is, is renowned for not giving you much money. Yeah. Well, well done mm. to Leeds United, uh, sort of, preemptively anyway because uh, you're going to be fine and then it's a straight shootout uh, between Brentford and West Brom for second place uh, now I, I'm not sure who I want to go up because I know West Brom are sort of local rivals we see themselves we see ourselves as a similar sized club to them um, but the thought of Brentford being in the pissing Premier League, it's bad enough Bournemouth being there, but for fuck's sake, Brentford. I know that I know everyone likes them and they're quite nice and they've got like sort of they do things sensibly and they have you know, they're not money spending morons. But Brentford piss off. Do you think I that's do you think that's what the team talk's going to be on Saturday? Tony Scholes is going to um, like walk into the into the changing room and say, "Look, lads, 
and inspire him. Lads, it's Brentford. We really, we, we really need to beat these lot because we need to do it for all of those badly run football clubs out there who spunk 20 million on crap championship wingers. Um, they are a disgrace to our profession. Alternatively, if we want to get ourselves ready, um, we can go for the, ah, oh, well, will we let Brentford win because we don't want West Brom to go up. So pick either one of them. It's, it's good. Well, it's the same Brentford team who've scored nine goals more than Leeds at this point of the season. Never played us. Oh, gosh. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, they're on 79 now. They've got two games left, one's against us. They could hit 100. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so, the other I'm one is against Barnsley. They're, they're, they're they've got they're us in Barnsley. Side, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fill your fucking boots, lads. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah bless them. They, they really need West Brom to slip up because what a waste they'd feel it, it would be to beat us and Barnsley 10 a piece and still not get promoted. <laughs> uh, teams coming up, though, we have the delights of uh, Wickham Wanderers coming to the Bet365 Stadium next year alongside Coventry City and Rotherham United, uh, who yes. got uh, promotion from League One after a sort of... Uh, after the Excel spreadsheets got involved. So, uh, well done to those. Are you looking forward to seeing um, famous banter merchant Adebayo Akinfenwa uh, play at the Bet365 Stadium and do a little dance? I mean, he's like... He is a banter merchant, but I feel he's not like Peter Crouch banter merchant. Like, he's a bit more palatable, I'd say. But that's just me. Two, he fe- yeah, he feels like the good side of soccer AM culture. Yeah, <laughs> two men, two men with very contrasting body shapes. Let's just say, Akinfenwa and Crouch. You could fit two Crouches in an Akinfenwa. I'm sure you could. But um, if you yeah, fold him right, yeah, we are absolutely getting shit housed one nil at Wickham next season. Just get ready for that. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Yes, mm. but. I, I say that with confidence because, as stated, we're not going down. We're staying up. Nothing can go wrong. Now, anything else to mention that's happened in the world of Stoke this last week? Um, we've ignored the Leeds game. Uh, you know what happened there. There was the Birmingham win, which was nice. Jude Bellingham, £30 million transfer to Dortmund, do we reckon? Based on that performance? Yeah, he looked pretty petulant. Like... He looked like he'd finally realised, hang on, I'm going to the second best club in Germany who are renowned for sorting out really good players. Um, and I'm playing with a bunch of idiots who shouldn't be in the championship. So I'm going to kick everyone and be grumpy. He's very good. He's very, well, very... He's, he's 17. Speaking of a bunch of idiots who should be in the championship, I think that's us done for this episode. But uh, <laughs> we are staying up. Come on, the Potters. Uh, please, Probably. God, let this season end. Uh, thank you very much, Tony. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Uh, see you in another season of championship football. Go on, Stoke.